Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you're here in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Two Old Bloggers. I'm Dave, and Darren is not here. Unfortunately, he can't be. Why? Because he's dealing with the wildfires up in the Northwest Territories. And I have an echo going. All right. Now. He's dealing with the wire wildfires. As you all know, he lives up in Yellowknife, Canada. Way up there. Way, 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 way up there. And they've battled wildfires all season long. Well, now the wildfires have come in and they've basically almost surrounded Yellowknife. And they've had to evacuate. Now, a few days ago, he gave me an update. And if you listen to Vikings Daily Opener... You got some of this, and you know that he's evacuated. But his update was, fire didn't advance much yesterday. And this had to have been Wednesday. And we actually got an hour of rain and variable intensity. Fire's about 15 kilometers outside the city at its nearest point. But the winds will be strong today, and this would have been Thursday, maybe even reaching 40 to 50 kilometers per hour. Of course, we're talking kilometers. We're up in Canada which is not great news. No rain expected for the next couple of days. On the plus side, about 19,000 people were evacuated, either by road or air, in the past 48 hours. So there's a ghost town there, and nothing is open. Estimates, there are still about 2,500 people there. A 1,000 of those are essential staff working on the fire. And the response, the rest of people who haven't left for whatever reasons, they are being urged strongly to leave 
by vehicle or register for the remaining evacuation flights and get out. They know they saw what happened in Maui, and they are trying to get everybody out. Now, Darren and his family did evacuate. They are now in northern Alberta. Darren can't be here today because he is still doing the coordination thing of getting the rest of them out. Hopefully, the fires dwindle down and there's not a lot of damage up in Yellowknife. We can pray for that. Our thoughts are with him, and we hope that's the case. He did, however, get to watch the game last night. But prior to the game, he sent me a list of questions. And those questions are what this show is going to be about as we answer them. And by we, I mean not just me. I want to see what you guys say in the remarks. So that is why we are here today to answer those, to react. Next on Two Old Blockers. Vikings First and Skull presents This Week in Vikings Land with Darren and Dave, your two old bloggers. Hey, everybody, it's Dave here again. And once again, Darren is not, but he is here in spirit and he will be watching after the fact, probably later tonight. So he's going to be looking forward to seeing your answers to his questions. But first, I want to welcome everybody to the show. We have Davey, of course. Davey's recovering from, from some surgery, so hopefully he heals quickly and can join us in enjoying our favorite beverages. Jonathan's here, my worthless opinion. Norsefius, my man, is also here. And I see the young JJ is joining us today. Welcome to the show, JJ. And we have, who else is here? Raymond, the wonderful and beautiful Miss Mary, Mr. Bob Swede. And if there's anybody I miss, I apologize. Oh, I see VAQ Embrace the Suck is here today. Good for you, young man. Good for you. Travis Floyd has also joined us. And all of you, welcome, welcome, welcome. And of course, I want your answers as we go through today's show. All right, let's start this puppy off. As you all know, the Vikings played the Titans last night. Did you see it? Did you watch the game? Did you see what happened? Did your favorite player do well? We're going to talk about it. Hey, Justin, we're going to talk about it next. But I'm going to flip back to that big screen because guess what? Dave, who is a graphics master, did did have, I wish Dave could talk as well as he could do graphics, had no graphics ready. And why am I talking in the third person? People want to know. Hey, Giatano, welcome to the show. All right, first question. From Darren, he initially asked, who will shine? First one, Ken McBride impress. In last night's game, Dwayne McBride displayed an improved, in my opinion, performance, despite the Vikings' addition of multiple running backs to the roster this week. 
with many people thinking that he was on the outside looking in because of the bad game against Seattle, McBride put together some good runs and a solid catch for 11 yards, which demonstrated he has the the actual ability to catch a football and be part of the passing game, which he was not in college. This is particularly noteworthy given the concerns about his participation or lack thereof in a passing game in college. McBride's touchdown added tough yardage to the game, which was a great addition. Although the blocking wasn't good, it was pretty bad, McBride's production came from play calling and individual effort. He had some short yardage assignments, so his rate statistics of three yards per carry wasn't impressive, but he played well overall. This shows he has potential. And I told you I hate that word when it comes to football players in the fall or in the spring, especially when it comes to draft time. But he had potential. What is your opinion? Did Dwayne McBride play better last night than you anticipated? Did he play well enough not to get cut? It's a good question. I don't know. Um, It is interesting to note that Aaron Dykes, one of those running backs that was gathered up this week, drew all the kick return duties. Instead of McBride, McBride got zero. So that means, obviously, they said, McBride, ah, you're not a kick great turner. And we had Aaron Dykes in there, who did actually pretty well. I was impressed, especially with that opening 38-yard return. But did it diminish what McBride did last night? Anthony's talking about he hopes McBride makes the team. We're going to see. He's going to have to put back-to-back weeks together, both in practice and on the field, to make sure he's worth retaining. And how big is that running back room going to be? Especially when we talk about adding extra players in certain spots because they're special teams aces. First name, Najee. So, it's going to be interesting. Mary thinks he was improved. Norsevius, McBride better, or he'll end up on the cutting room floor. I think that's probably where he's going to end up, Norsevius, but we'll find out. And he should make the practice squad. Most people see the same thing. Well, should we do so? He Giotano says he was better. He actually cut to a hole in this game. But I can say Dykes looked better carrying the ball as well. Dykes had a good game. I'm impressed with that young man. And why he did not make the team earlier, I have no idea. But I'm glad that they pulled things out and brought him in. That brings us to the next question from Darren. Hey, it's JJ's birthday. Happy birthday, JJ. That makes you a big teenager. Watch out. It's going to be fun. 
Darren's next question was, can Makai Blackman solidify his starting position? Well, you got to remember, these questions were written prior to the game. Blackman didn't play, and it was held out due to an undisclosed injury because we've got a ton of those. KOC said he was dinged up. Well, hopefully he can be back for this week because I think he's earning his earned basically the starting role as the nickel cornerback, not to be confused with the nickel safety, but I think he can do that. Um, <clears throat> we'll get Davey. We will get to Mr. Andre Carter here in a little bit. Now, his next question was, can Nikhil Harry and Tristan Jackson continue to make a run at making the roster? Hmm. Well, Nikhil Harry did not play in last night's game due to a soft tissue aggravation in warm-ups. That's per KOC in his post-game press conference. He was the only one that was scheduled to play but got hurt during warm-ups. I guess it happens. We'll see. Hopefully he'll be back. This was an unfortunate situation for Harry as he was likely eager to showcase his skills on the field. However, the team, as usual, chose to be cautious and not risk further injury. And especially during the preseason when these games don't count, I can understand that. But as Aaron says, and welcome to the show, Aaron, I'm sure you're steaming just like I am. He may be the odd man out. You want to get those opportunities unless you're guaranteed a start, uh, spot already. In the absence of Harry, Tristan Jackson was given the opportunity to start the game. Jackson had a good week of practice leading up to it, which helped him secure that starting position. During the game, he caught two passes for 10 yards on four attempts during a game. He dropped one of those four attempts. Hey, it may seem like a subpar performance. However, there were several positive things that Jackson did that stood out. Michael will get to the trenches. That's a sore spot. For starters, Jackson was consistently the focal point of the passing game in the first half and was getting open. Unfortunately, he wasn't getting accurate passes thrown his way. It did seem like Nick Mullins was a little bit behind on his passes, at least to me. Now, KOC thought he did fine. I didn't look to me like he did, but hey. And, uh, <laughs> hey, Dave, I put the dog outside each day. Uh-huh. And F-bomb it with the heat, need rain, etc. Yes, we do. Maybe Tuesday. Maybe Tuesday, brother. Maybe Tuesday. However, Jackson did drop that pass that would have gained the first down, which is definitely a negative in his performance. But despite his mistake, he said, it is said he is firmly in contention 
to earn a roster spot. Well, we're going to have to see. I don't know. I hope so. I hope more and more people make it. Hey there, rap. Welcome to the show. Welcome to the show. It's just me today. So we'll see how it goes. We're answering Darren's questions, however. His next one was, can Luigi Valan and Ivan Pace Jr. build off their first preseason game? Did they? What do you all think they did yesterday? Were they as good yesterday as they were against the Seahawks? During last night's game, Luigi and Ivan were included in the starting defensive lineup. Both players were expected to make a strong impact. Luigi Valen, while not standing out like he did against the Seattle Seahawks to me, did have a decent game that I saw including a good job at setting the edge. Unlike Andre Carter. That is important. And I did watch him specifically on a whole string of plays to watch. He did get a pressure. But other than that, I mean, he was in position. He did well on the run game, against the run game. But there was no... Fantastic like last week. But I still think Valane can develop into a great, a very good rotational piece for us. And you want to talk about value. He was an undrafted free agent. So if he does, that's fantastic. But I think he gets it. He gets mentally, he gets it. He gets what he needs to do. Right? I'll take a defensive end that can hold the edge in a run game or the pass game for that matter any day of the week because that doesn't allow either the quarterback to get outside Andre Carter or the running back to get outside it. It turns it all into the pile, right? So no matter who's up front, they're going to eat because they can't get by Luigi Villain. That is the way to play edge. And so I'm encouraged by his play. Um, as far as pace, you know, as far as both of them, it's a little early to evaluate all their performances without looking at the numbers. And yes, I know PFF's numbers are out this afternoon. I just haven't got the opportunity to check them out yet. And I just got a message from Justin. What is he sending me? <laughs> He's got me on the TV. Thank you, Justin. I appreciate that. I don't know that you need to see my face all big and blown up, but hey, Aaron, we will get to Ole Udo. Um, and Davey, don't worry about three, four, four, three semantics. It's you're not going to see a whole lot of either. It's all going to be hybrid. Now, when it comes to Ivan Pace, he had a relatively quiet game. And like I said, I know the numbers are out. I haven't got a good chance to look at them yet. I do know that PFF liked him. And we saw him flashing around and moving everywhere and making hits and doing some wonderful things. But as Judd said this morning, he's worried that Pace is getting washed out in the run game by bigger offensive linemen. 
That is a concern. Pace is only 5'10", right? He's small. But boy, does that guy got a motor. Energizer bunny type motor. He never stops. And he flies around. Now, it's going to remain to be seen whether either Valane or Pace develop into a starter. I think Pace will, personally. I think he has that. They still have more work to do. And they've got this week to work at it against the Arizona Cardinals as they come to town. And obviously, both of them will be playing next Saturday, barring injury against said Arizona Cardinals. But when it comes to pace, I wrote something down. Ah, it's further in the list. That's why I'm not seeing it. We'll get there. <laughs> Bob, today's Kirk's birthday, too. Hey, JJ, you shared a birthday with Kirk Cousins. How about that? Now we get to the next question by Darren. Can Andre Carter emerge? I laughed when I read that one. Because the answer right now is an absolute no. Not even close. I saw him making bad decisions last night, not maintaining contact at all. Not maintaining the edge, seeing Malik Willis from the back of his head with a smile on his face as he rolls out to make a pass. And Andre Carter's carried inward by the offensive tackle. That isn't going to cut it at this level. Now, do I want Andre Carter to build up, build strength, learn the things to do, all that? Yes, I do. But it's uh, Carter is a project. Probably even more of a project than Jaron Hall is. But on the same lines. He's a project. You're going to have to develop him. Now, the th- thing with Andre, Andre Carter is... If they cut him, which I suspect they will, he's got to make the practice squad. They're going to have to want to bring him back. Because if they don't bring him back or no other team brings him back, it means he goes to back to the U.S. Army and doing whatever he was trained to do. And I don't know what type of officer he is, whether it's infantry or armor or air assault or what. I have no idea. And yes, I know air assault is either aviation or infantry rolling down ropes. So it's going to be interesting to see what he does. He has more time to practice and learn, and he needs to. I don't think he's making the 53-man roster, and it'll be interesting to see if he makes the practice squad. Sort of hope he does. It's a good story. It's a great story. Man from Academy joins the NFL and plays. We've had one of those before. He was a long snapper. And he played a couple of years, so it's going to be interesting. Now, the next one. Can Jaron Hall move the offense? Norsefias hit this up with perfect timing. Jaron Hall had a tough game against Seattle. Oh, yes, we know that. 
And Yogi wants Jaron Hall to play the whole next game. I wouldn't mind seeing that either. We might see a little Tamu, Shamu, or whatever the new quarterback we signed this week is. But I wouldn't mind seeing Jaron Hall play majority. Play, play him with the twos. I want to see him play with the twos. Now, he had a tough game last week against Seattle. This week, he looked much better, at least to me, especially in the fourth quarter. Now, in the fourth quarter, you're going, but Dave, they're playing their threes. Yeah, they're playing their threes and fours. Yes, but so were we. (laughs) You know, the offensive line at that level was just garbage. So, but he made better decisions, you know, he had a touchdown drive that included back-to-back 10-yard throws to start the drive, a 23-yard pass to tight end Colin Thompson, Colin or Colin, however he pronounces it, and a 10-yard scramble on third and five. Head coach Kevin O'Connell was impressed with Hall's performance, saying he came in and it was good to see him engineer that touchdown drive, use his legs, and steal a third-down conversion. Absolutely. It's exactly what we want to see from the young man. Michael Harrington says Pace's grade was a 44.3. Could be, Michael. I thought I saw better, but okay, could be. I'm not going to argue with you on that one. (laughs) Andre Ray Charles Carter. Good one, Yogi. Yogi played uh, on the line like I did. He knows what he's talking about. Andre Carter got a a very gracious 42.7, according to Michael. Could be. Carter plays like a blind man, and I'm so sorry. It was bad, Rap. It was bad. I don't know if I'd call him blind. I'd call him not well coached up until this point. And Narsvius, he's a much bigger project in Hall, and we were talking about Hall, and Hall had a good, I thought, a decent game. Now, although he doesn't play with an outstanding accuracy, his performance improved against the Titans, which was a nice change. And I want to see it keep improving, and that's why I agree. Let's see him play next week. There was pressure on Hall to perform even as a developmental rookie, yes, of course there is. And I believe he did that over the week. He tends to loft passes, and Darren was the one that spotted this, that he tends to loft passes. People say, he's got a great touch. No, he lofts passes. Teddy used to do that, right? And we say, well, he doesn't have arm strength. Well, Teddy built up arm strength, so hopefully he builds up arm strength so he can lower the trajectory trajectory. And zip it in. Now I don't. I'm not asking to be Brett Favre and throw a ball through a brick wall, but to get it there a little bit faster. So because the high loft, even though the touch is nice and all his balls were catchable, it gives time for the defenders to come up and defend against them. You don't want that. If the receiver's open, hit that damn receiver in stride. That's what we want. So we'll see. Hey, Kirk, our buddy Kirk doesn't have the strongest arm in the league, but he has a strong enough arm to hit any pass. And that's fine. And he does it well. So we shall see. He should do better. Now, 
Mary puts in there, I'm pulling for Booth, and I'm afraid I see consistently. Well, let's talk about Booth, because that's the next question from Darren. Can Andrew Booth and Lewis Seen make positive contributions? Well, did they last night? I'm not so sure they did. During the game, there was a lot of anticipation surrounding Andrew Booth Jr. and Lewis Seen, as they've had the potential to make positive contributions to the team. Unfortunately, Andrew Booth Jr., did not receive that much attention during the game. And it was unclear whether he did make any significant contributions. He only played 21 snaps, pass snaps, and was targeted only once. Just once. I don't know what the opposing quarterback, Malik Willis, was afraid of, but he only targeted him just once. Now, and the time he did target him, it was an incompletion. He did have a tackle in the pass game. He did have a tackle in the run game. And that was it. That's all he did. He didn't play the run exceptionally well whatsoever. He also missed a tackle in the run game. And so that was it. So, do you think Andrew Booth Jr. took a step in yesterday's game or not? That's my question. I, to me, maybe a little bit, but he's not keeping up with everybody else in the corner room, so he needs to keep going. Hey there, Becky. Good to have you on the show. Dave L. has joined us as well. What a great name, Dave. On the other hand, Seen had his ups and downs throughout the game. On his first play, he made a great tackle. And later in the game, he also earned a sack. However, he struggled with inconsistency in reading plays quickly and getting to his landmarks, which resulted in a missed tackle and a big gain for the Titans. Now, let's talk about that missed tackle. Last week... I complained that he was tackling too high. And I said, he needs to learn better tackling technique. Aim for the gut, right? You want to get the guys in the gut. Aim for the belly button. Belly button doesn't move. Where the belly button goes is where that runner receiver is going. So you aim there. So what's he do this week? He comes in at the knees. Too low. He overcompensated. And when he got that sack on Malik Willis, if you notice, before he even hit him, he was down and sliding on his knees and then grabbed him. On scene, scene was on scene's knees. He didn't break down like you're all taught since Pee-wee, right? And get ready to wrap and get ready to move left or right in case the runner, Malik Willis at this time, goes left or right. He didn't. He tackled too low, and almost every single tackle last night, he was low. Surprised he didn't get. Now, luckily, Willis was running on that play, considered a runner, not a quarterback, because can't hit a quarterback low. He's in danger of getting, one, hurt, 
doing that. There's proper technique, not only for tackling the purpose of tackling it, but it's also to keep you healthy. And there's proper technique so you can effectively tackle. I didn't see it from him. Now, there was some improvement last night. But are we at the point where we can start talking about him being not there yet? I mean, maybe he's physically 100% back from the injury, but is he mentally 100% back from the injury? That's a question that could be asked. I don't know. I don't know what's taking it. Uh, Michael says he's a borderline bust. He very well may be. He very well, uh, Judd today said, could it be that he just doesn't have football smarts? He's athletic as all get out. We know that. The dude's an athlete, can fly. But is he smart enough to play football at this level? No, I'm not talking intelligence as in, he can re- read the Iliad and Odyssey and do advanced particle physics and stuff like that. I'm talking about, I'm sure he's a smart man, but is he football intelligent to be able to see stuff and translate what he needs to do and know what's going on? When people are in your peripheral vision, being able to read that, I don't know. And, uh, VAQ embraces suck, says he's still basically a one-year guy. Yeah, sort of. He sort of still is a rookie. Yeah, very much so. Um, Dave L., is there a better athlete in the safety room? And I would probably say no. He's probably the best pure athlete out of the bunch, but he's also fourth on the depth chart. Because the other three above him know the game. They They have that mental side. Locked in. So Yogi said he should have been a third round pick. Some people I think had him that low, Yogi. They didn't have him in the first round. I know that. But we'll have to see. Uh despite all that scene did have an impact on a play in the third quarter where he stopped Malik Willis from reaching the end zone. Good. That's what you're supposed to do. It's notable that he was still in the game at that point. Yes, he played the entire game. He needs it. Expect him to play the entire game this Saturday as well. Scene was named captain for the game. I thought that was interesting. Supposedly the, his teammates love that and were happy for him. But he needs a lot of improvement yet before he he's going to take over as a starter somewhere. He's got to improve his game. Let's see it. I want to see it. Hopefully it happens. Let's see him develop. Hopefully get over that mental block. And it may be that he's just a slow developer, right? You know, like linemen, I always say take at least three years, blah, blah, blah. Maybe seeing being that rare one at the safety position. Safety is usually considered a real quick adjustment. Maybe he takes a couple years. We'll see. You know how Zimmer worked with his young corners and safeties. He usually sat them for a while and let them learn, and it wasn't until a few years later. He knew that because how complicated things were on the back end. So maybe scenes part of that. We'll find out. 
his performance was better than the previous week, which was bad. And uh, there's tons of room for improvement, so let's see it. Now, the next question from Darren, and we're going to get back to this. I said this was coming. Can Ivan Pace Jr. overtake Brian Asamoah? And why that is okay if he does? I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not uh, as simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Why take one vacation with the family when you could take all of them? With Royal Caribbean, you don't just go to the beach. You visit a private island and race down the tallest water slide in North America. You don't just go for a road trip. You ATV and zip line through the jungle. You don't just go somewhere new. You rappel down waterfalls and discover ancient temples. Because this isn't just any vacation. This is all the vacations. Come seek the Royal Caribbean. Ships Registry, Bahamas. That's a good question, Darren. In my opinion, it'll take pace not getting washed out on run plays. Pace, due to his size, he's listed as 5'10". He, I think he weighs 230 pounds, which is plenty. But he's listed as 5'10". So he's a short little fire plug by short, short by NFL standards. If a lineman, if a guard, generally it's a guard, sometimes a tackle, but generally a guard or the center, is coming up, going to the second level on the block, and their target is the linebackers. They want to take the linebackers out. They don't want the linebackers filling the gaps. And so they'll hit their guy, shed, because it'll be a tandem-type blocking deal. They'll shed and go to the linebacker. If they can engage the linebacker, i.e. grab inside, they can destroy him. They can push him out of the way. Like I said, he's fast. He moves all over. His energy level never stops. He's good. But it's that run game fit that has people a little bit worried. Can he overcome that? Well, I heard this morning that the there was one linebacker that was sort of surprising to people. He was listed as 6'1", weighed 230, 240, I think. When all, in all actuality, he was only 5'11". Again, relatively small for a linebacker in the NFL. He turned out to be one of the very best in absolute NFL history. He's number five in the Hall of Fame points over on Pro Football Reference. Can you name me who that was? And we're not talking an old guy. Yes, he's in the Hall of Fame now, but he played in just about everybody's here's lifetime. I'm curious if you know who I'm talking about. 
I'm looking for guesses and haven't got one yet. But can Pace become the next version of this man? He has the talent. He has the will. Can he learn how to deal with those blocks? Michael, good guess. Mike, guess Mike Singletary. But the man I'm referring to that is good, so good, London Fletcher's another good guess, Norshavius. Mills, mm-hmm. Zach Thomas, yep. Got to remember, they're in the Hall of Fame. Ray Lewis of the Ravens was only 5'11". And one of the best linebackers that ever played the game. If I'm Ivan Pace, that's my goal. Right there. Learn how to do that. Learn how to dominate as the small guy. Learn how to lead. Hey, he's getting time starting. He started yesterday. Green dot and all. He's the man. He could be taking over for Jordan Hicks next season. Now, but Darren's question. If he starts over Asamoah, is that a good thing? I'm not so sure. I want to see Asamoah. But Asamoah has one of those undisclosed injuries. He'll be back by the first of the first week of the season. Yeah, what is it? Ah, we don't know. That's frustrating for, uh, for a fan. But uh, it is what it is. Hey, I'd like to see them both go together. And both end up earning starting jobs. And then in 2025, you have Pace and Asamoah side by side. And we're talking about this may be one of the best linebacker linebacker duos in the league. Yes, Norsevius, I think Ed McDaniel is small as well. It could, yeah, Dr. Proto, it's a tweak. Yes, Doc, it is a tweak. And welcome to the show if I didn't see you otherwise. And that was not what I wanted to do. There we go. Hey, it's all worth watching. Those were all of Darren's questions. I said I'd get to the lines, both offense and defense. The offensive line was putrid. However, PFF liked them. Except for Ole Udo, for the most part. Even his grade wasn't terrible. He gave up two pressures, was what they gave him. Two pressures. I think one of them was a sack. I thought Ole Udo looked like garbage, which is surprising because, like I said, on one bar and Lepkis' show last night, talking with one bar, we all thought Ole Udo was in line for a starting job and then in free agency, he might go out and try to find one. We thought he did great backing up O'Neill last year. Mm-mm. I don't know where it went, but he's forgotten it. And uh, Pace is almost the same height and 10 pounds heavier than Asimo. That is correct, Giotano. Asimo is a little taller. So. But I thought the offensive line last night looked like warmed over dog feces. But uh, they gave up some pressures. 
They were playing against the ones. Titans played their ones to start off early. So, hey, they did better. And then, you know, in the second half, you got the threes in there, and they looked bad, too. None of the starters started yesterday. That's the big takeaway from the game last night. No starter started. Offense or defense. Special teams, obviously. But offense or defense, they didn't. Defensive line, I thought, did pretty well. Sheldon Day had a great day last night. But they're the backups. And we're, and we're seeing that our depth is weak. The competence level of our depth is concerning to us fans. Do I want it better? Yes, I do. Do we have a chance to make it better? Not in the near future. We have what we have. And it was a gamble on Quasi's part. Quasi's trying to get all under the cap and do all this, do all that, and get the money and keep the stars happy. So we got good starters across the board. And they got rid of a bunch of the old guys and the lesser talent that could have been depth to give chance for the young guys to step up. Well, which of the young guys have? Pace obviously has. But who else? And especially when you're talking offensive line or defensive line. Luigi has stepped up. I like the way he played. But it's it's a gamble. It's a gamble to make the team right after all those years, and it's going to take a while. And let's hope nobody gets hurt. But we know in the NFL, people do get hurt. Uh, Michael said, Jack Snyder, left guard, had a great game against the Seahawks. Not so much against the Titans. You know? and, it, and, and whether a lineman has a good game or a bad game, you want to look to see, are they doing things correctly? Because they may go against, be outclassed by the guy that's across from them. But are they making the correct steps off the snap? whether it be run blocking or pass blocking? Are they making the correct pass-offs? Does it look like they're seeing things in their peripheral vision that they should be seeing? Are they getting their hand out where it needs to be to keep people where they need to go? You can still have a bad game and be beat by some of those, but if you're doing things well, you're progressing, and I want you to do that. That's what we want. And Giotano says, and this is 100% correct, Cut down day because it's going to be interesting this year because everybody goes from 90 to 53. Flat. The guillotine. There's going to be a bunch of people available. And the tracking which team's calling who and bringing in who and doing whatever is going to be fun that day, those two days. Justin, you and I both are going to have a blast doing that and rap tracking who's who, who are they pulling in? Who are they doing this? If they pulled in, they have to be on the 53-man roster. Blah, blah, blah. It's going to be a blast. But as I said last night with one bar, if somebody, if one of the starters gets hurt, and people are worried about our depth, you're not losing all 11 starters at once. You're losing one. So the rest of the team sort of compensates for that lesser quality of player that just came in. And they hope to improve them. 
So it's not as dire as going, oh, my God, did you see the second string and third string last night? They were trash. It's not. Even if it's, say, Ole Udo, who had a bad game. If Ole Udo's in for Brian O'Neill, one, we have Josh Oliver. Josh Oliver will be put on Ole's side if the play goes that way. And help Ole. They will do things to help improve the blocking situation. So it's not as terrible. Brandel played well, at least according to PFF he did. Yes, I saw one thing where he messed up. That was it. Um, I know, Michael, it says Lowe had a 78.4. I did not see that. I saw him get beat. So I, I wasn't watching everybody on every play. But it happens. My worthless opinion, it's guards we need, Dave. Yeah, we need our guards to step up and play better. Now, run blocking, they're fine. I know why their run blocking grades are great, both Cleveland and and Ingram. It's the pass blocking that needs improved. Same with Bradbury. We'll have to see. And Norsefield's. 100% correct. They brought in three champions from the XFL. Yes, they did. Yes, they did. Well, unless you guys have a question for me, I'm going to wrap this puppy up. Hopefully, I gave you a quasi-sense of how I reacted to the game last night. I saw some improvement. I don't care about the score. I don't care that we haven't won a preseason game in however many years. It doesn't matter. We're only playing second and third stringers. You're not going to see starters out there anymore. Not under O'Connell. Oh, one last. Special teams. We didn't go over special teams. I thought special teams rocked last night. Both Mr. Wright had good punts. Greg Joseph had some good kicks. Obviously, that was our scoring all up until the last when McBride scored. And Najee Thompson. Oh, my God. You want to talk about kudos for a player? A player that's going to make the team as a special teams ace. Najee Thompson is going to do just that. The dude flies. Does that mean we're going to have to keep... Instead of 10 DBs spread out between the corners and the safeties that we might have to keep 11 now, yep, that's exactly what that means. Because he did so well just to watch him fly down there on that punt and meet the runner at the same time he caught the ball. Zero gain. Now, Justin says he hopes he doesn't have lingering issues. They pulled him out because he had concussion symptoms. Now, he played a couple plays after that, so it was slow to develop. We'll see how that works. Maybe he's fine. I think he's going to be, I think we're going to see him this week on one of our shows on Wednesday. Um, not my show, though. So I think he's going to be fine. I think they're taking the, Concussion protocols, real serious, which is fine. Let's do that. Does he need a better helmet? If he needs a better helmet, let's get him a better helmet. 
Like I said, I've done the research on those suckers. The new one's out. The top of the line costs about a grand. And the team pays for it, so get the top of the line. They get form-fitted. They put the whole deal on your head and make a mold and the whole works. It's form-fitted. Get it right. And there was a couple of them. Najee Thompson was one that got pulled for concussion symptoms, and there was somebody else, if I remember correctly, that also got pulled for concussion symptoms. Worst player of the night, I thought, was Blake Prohl. He did not do himself any favors. Dropping pass after pass, he did the Troy Williamson thing. And yes, Norse, Norse Fias is correct. Protocol does not mean they actually have a concussion. All it means that one of these signs came up. Hey, he could have stumbled getting up. Not because of a concussion, just because she tripped over the turf monster or something. Anything like that can happen. It gets pulled. So we'd like to hope him well and that everybody that's supposedly under the protocol is back to the team this week and 100% fine. No comment about the Bradbury video? Oh, that wasn't in the game last night there, Michael. That was during the week. And to the point, there were some, if you want me to comment on it, there are some technical issues I have with Bradbury being lifted and thrown back. There's some things he did wrong, even though he's in an unrealistic blocking situation. There's things he could have done better. You want to stay square against who you're going against. But it was... The center's not going to get a guy lining up in the number two slot right over the guard. The guard's going to get him first. May pass him off to the center, but the guard's going to get him first. That was an unrealistic drill. I don't know who you are. You're not going to get that. But it was unfair. Now, do I wish he had more sand in his pants and doesn't get lifted up? But as soon as he turned his hips open, he was beat. Then up came the arm, picked, literally picked him up off the ground and threw him. Hopefully we don't see that. Hopefully they call the right blocking on the front line this year that that doesn't happen. That they have to go through two people instead of one, if at all possible. We'll see. We'll see. We'll see. With that... Darren's going to watch this later tonight. Like I said, right now he's at work, on the phones, doing his thing, making sure all the last of those people are out of Yellowknife and that hopefully nobody gets hurt. I looked at the maps today. It's still quasi-closing in on Yellowknife. And they're surrounded. they got three major fires around them. One to the west, one to the north, one to the northeast a bit, and there's one down to the east, southeast. Hey there, Gary. Welcome to the show. Sorry you're late. I'm about to sign off, and there's Purple Haze. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Catch it on the replay. Now, for the rest of the week, what's in line for Vikings first in school? Well, tomorrow night we have the Real Forno show at 6 p.m. live, and I'm sure Tyler will be full of stuff to talk about on this game. 
and he'll have me to banter back and forth with, which should be fun. He'll have another one on Wednesday. Hopefully tomorrow I will also have a Vikings Daily opener out. Sorry, we only got three last week instead of all five. I should be back to quasi-normal this week. Still working on a lot of graphics for fans. First Sports Network, I highly encourage you to go over there. We've Our, our writers have been hard at work. We've got a couple stories coming out tonight, hopefully. So, <laughs> it's okay, Gary. You can always catch it on the backside and make sure you like, subscribe, ring the bell, and share. And I know across the Vi- what I call Vikings land, all of us, fans, content creators alike, Justin, Rap, Yogi, JJ, are all going to be producing stuff this week, and I highly encourage you to go check their works out because it's good. And we'll see you tomorrow night. And what do we say? Skull Vikings! Like, subscribe, and ring the bell. And rate us on your favorite podcast aggregator. Darren and Dave, thank you for watching this episode of Two Old Bloggers. We look forward to seeing you on every show on the new Vikings First and Skull. You can find our podcast as part of the Fans First Sports Network. Sports takes for the fan, from the fan. Skull, everybody! Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This has been a Vikings First and Skull production. Part of the Fans First Sports Network.